Hi, I'm Richard Buskin, author and co-host of one of those other podcasts, and you're listening to the Fab Four Free For All. Welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All. Hi, folks. Um, It is the all Beatles and Beatles related talk show on the internet, YouTube, podcast, wherever the heck you're hearing us, seeing us, whatever. But um, I'm your moderator for this week's show. I'm Tony Chiguardo. And joining me, as they do every episode, thankfully, are my good friends, Mr. Mitch Axelrod. Hey. And Mr. Rob Leonard. That's me. Hello. <laughs> and um, we're actually going to um, talk about a topic that um, I guess six months ago we didn't expect to be talking about. Nope. Um, when all of this started with the, uh, the, the lockdown and all that stuff, uh, we knew that people were bound to be doing different things and creative projects. And little did we know that um, Paul McCartney was going to drop an album on us during the lockdown. Fairly unexpectedly, I would say. And I mean, we're going to talk in this episode about the, the album, about uh, the lead up to the album and about some of the interesting things that Mr. McCartney has done to promote said album. And um, boy, there was a whole lot of pre-promotion. When did, when did this... Wait, stop the show. Stop the show because uh, I'm hearing Fuchsia's coming out now. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have one uh, the Fuchsia yeah. album was just, was just announced because they didn't get the number one yet. Hold on. More of two. Mitch has like a like a ticker tape that just goes. I do. I have a direct <laughs> link to the marketing department of MPL. Oh, what, what say? <laughs> say, oh the oh, the eight oh the, the Thomas Edison cylinder. Okay, Thomas Edison <laughs> cylinder will be out soon too for all you older macaphones. They, they were going to buy time on the Times Square uh, uh, zipper, and they'll put some <laughs> stuff there too. We don't want to hear what he's doing with the zipper. <laughs> Continue, Tony. Well, I, I'm actually going to continue by sort of um, tossing it out there because, you know, timeline wise, um, when did we first learn about this adventure in Maca land? Um, it wasn't really that long ago, right? When the news first showed up. Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, do you have any record of do you have any record of when we learned about the record? I don't have the exact dates, but it was probably about, a, you know. Well, let's talk about how it started as the teasers. Let's talk about where the teasers were first noticed about the album, about the dice appearing and things like that. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the dice were, you know, first someone very cleverly found that McCartney's people had done a website for McCartney 3, which now there is a website, McCartney3.com. Uh, I love how somebody there. would just stumble on that. That just crazy. Well, people are, you know, people. Yeah. So they stumble on it. Then they notice that there's a little dice in the tab where you look up on the... <laughs> On the Favicon. URL, there's a little dice and people are like, what is he doing? Yeah, the Favicon. For? And then there were other little, you know, three things that he was coming out with pictures. Every day would come out with a picture of three of something. Um, I put up a picture of three joints because I thought it was you know, uh, apropos but to the finger at the ankle and the I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. I was going to say my hip joints because I've had three on each side. <laughs> But um, but we all know what joints I mean. Uh, but I just thought it was funny because it was pretty funny. But three three horses and three whatever he did, it was three, three legs, uh, three legs. There you go. Mm. A whole bunch of uh, 
three pictures and people were speculating three, 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 McCartney three. And everybody was speculating. And, and then there were a bunch of rumors. And then I, I even, I'll be honest, I wrote to his press guy in England and said, Hey, speculation's going on. What's going on? And he said, Oh, nothing. That's just nothing. You know, he's coming out with, he is coming out with a, a single, which, um, you know, yeah, they bluffed you with the uh, "We All Stand Together" single. I remember. Yeah, that. right. It was it right. was the picture, yeah. picture disc of "We All Stand Together." So, so he wasn't lying to me. He just wasn't telling me the whole truth. Right. Uh, and then, which is his job, like, which is exactly his job. Absolutely, <laughs> and he did it well. Exactly. Because we're still speculating, and he could throw us off, and <laughs> more things happened, and. Although little three things came up and you knew after that, that, uh, you know, people the little messages that were coming up on Spotify uh, and on the other streaming. Oh, service. that was actually pretty ingenious. Very, very clever. You went to any any song on McCartney one or two. Now, it didn't work for everybody for some reason. But if you went on any song, McCartney one and two on your on your a laptop or on your phone, uh, a little dice would roll past while you're listening to the song. That was actually brilliant. And uh, wow. that just actually led I'm us. I'm just very glad that the album wasn't called Naked. That would have been like, sorry. <laughs> you just see Paul running naked across the screen. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Don't Whoa. give them any ideas. because you know That could be. I've got to poke out my eyes now. <laughs> In 10 years when he does McCartney 4, you don't, I don't even want to know where the 4 is coming from. <laughs> two from here, two from there. We don't no, I got big things growing now, um, but uh, it was it was you know what it was actually kind of fun. Uh, yeah, it, was, it, it was a little bit, and you know what it reminded me of, of a little bit was listen to this button, listen to this you know bumper sticker or whatever from John. Obviously, it was, it's a different time, so everything's done on the internet. But it reminded me of that type of promotion. Uh, at first, I, I I was really angry with it, but then I was like, <laughs> a lot of it's a lot of fun, you know. And, and it didn't go too far with it. I, you know, there's there's too many vinyl things, but you know, guess what? You don't have to buy them. So, well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk yeah. about that, but yeah. Yeah, isn't that the truth? But I think the marketing, the pre-marketing, was actually kind of fun. Yeah. And then when it finally was announced, everybody was like, "Oh, well, we all knew it, but but it's now nice to hear." And you're right, Tony. In this pandemic. Uh, as of this taping, we we've just had nothing really to feel great about. No, um, no. Forget about politically. We're not getting there. But, you know, just in general, the world is just suffering for many reasons. And and to have your musical, one of your musical idols and legends, uh, whether you like him or not, he's still a legend, um, announce a new album that, you know, that was cool. I, I just I was very leery because we all know the state of his voice. And we'll get mm -hmm. to that, too. But um, so we were kind of like, you know, I, I me personally, I was not anticipating as much as a lot of people were because I was like, oh, I really don't want to hear his voice now. Uh, but maybe since he was rested and everything. So it turned yeah. out OK, but um, but it was fun. It was I, th I think the lead up was pretty smart on his people's part. Yeah, I, I had some mixed feelings just about um, I had mixed feelings, but I had really high anticipation because I just thought that. If he was going out of his way to, to make this, uh, you know, a three to make this, you know, the McCartney three album. Yeah. Now, obviously, it meant it was all him. Um, I really enjoyed the fireman stuff, even though that wasn't just him, you know, but I really enjoy when he's just sort of given his druthers to just do what he's going to do. Not that he's not in control when he does a standard McCartney album, you know, with, with band, we know, with other players or a band or another producer. But somehow I just. 
think when he's just left alone, um, maybe not to think as much, you know, and not to, to be as, as much of a perfectionist and to just, as I put in some of my notes for the album, just throw crap at the wall to see what sticks. Um, I think some of that really isn't well. you though. <laughs> I, that's, I definitely think so. Yeah. But I always think of that as a positive with him though. Yeah. You know, I, I, was, I was thinking it might be more, um, again, we'll talk about it all, but uh, I was hoping it would be, you know, McCartney one was very sparse and, and, and good experimental, but not really. Uh, just just solo, real solo. And then McCartney, too, was, you know, the other extreme mm. where everything, you know, I was I was sort of hoping there would be like a bogey music on this because it was kind of fun, which I didn't love in, when I first got McCartney, too. But I really appreciate now just for the fun of it, like dark room. Tony, how many times do we sit there and go, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> you know? um, so, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff on that. So I was hoping. It would be somewhere in between the two. I think it is uh, between the two. My we'll, personal we'll get there. It is. I mean, there's no check my machine. Check my machine. Check no, my no, machine. there's no check, check, check my yeah. machine. No, there's not going to be that. No secret friend. Um, there's not even a temporary secretary. Yeah, uh, that's true. On my lap. But, uh, but you know, there, there's a, a few experimental pieces on here. But for the most part, it's, it's, it's not anything like anything he's done you know people were were um asking me you know we got the album a month i, I think it was supposed Over to be exactly yeah. no it was a month and a day we got it on december 10th i believe and it, and i'm sorry uh november 10th and it was supposed to be december 11th right and for whatever reason he moved it you know with taylor swift all that stuff who cares but we got in a month pre prior and there were already some reviews out so they were hoping to garner some good reviews, which is why I was so far advanced. But, um, but I was, you know, when we got it, I when and I listened, people, were, you know, and we speculated to people, oh, we, you know, we know some of it. People were asking, you know, does it sound like, you know, chaos? Does it sound like memory? Does it sound like fireman? Does it sound like McCartney? And and I I told everybody, it doesn't sound like anything of his. It really doesn't. You know, but it I mean, does. Part, well, part, you know. Well. It, you can't very, compare it to, the, to any one album. I think you could compare the tone, overall tone, to maybe a couple of the other albums, but not other than that. Well, you know what I liked about it was there's a lot of acoustic lead guitar playing in this album, which you normally don't hear. You know, usually you'll, you'll go to the electrics because it sounds better in many cases. But for this album, there's a lot of lead acoustic guitar playing. And I'm yeah. not talking about finger picking. I'm talking about literally like instead of plugging the electric is, oh, I'm just going to stick with the acoustic. And and to me, that's the difference of this album, maybe compared to other albums where he would have used more of an electric guitar for solos and stuff. I was um, I, that's, you know, that on the second go around when I was listening, I, I started to realize a lot of acoustic, a lot of acoustic, but oh, not, see, that's funny. That's when I picked it up, too. I think Rob was like, yeah, the second listen, I caught it. But yes, he didn't, yeah. you know, don't forget, we, we have to say that as Tony, you alluded to, you know, we, we just got word that he did something. He didn't think he was going to do it either. He was just noodling no. around for stuff for the I think for the the, the play he's doing. Um, what well, is he's it? doing? It's a wonderful life. Yeah. Right. So he was noodling yeah. around with that. And I believe if I if I can read the interviews correct, excuse me, correctly, I believe he was doing work for the When Winter Comes video. Right. Um, yeah. And which we'll get to later, which is really fun. But um, 
he was doing work for that. And then he sat down and said, you know what? I have so much stuff that I haven't done from years ago and from now. Let me see what I can do. So well, that's, he, he took a lot of his pieces because he tends to write in pieces and then connected them into songs. You know, he's, you know, he's like Picasso in that way. Oh, here's a piece. Here's a piece. Oh, here's a new picture. Uh, or here's a new song. And um, so that's what I noticed. Um, and, and maybe he's just going through his stuff. You know, occasionally we all go through our stuffs. Oh, look what's in this box today. Oh, look, here's something from 20 years ago that I totally forgot about. And the only thing is, Rob, he didn't have all seriousness. You know, when you piece together stuff that you had years gone by, way back when he was with the Beatles, you had John to say right, what right. you got. Right. And John would say, I got this and I got this. Well, I'm not even going to say story number 43 with the Get It Better. Right. But now he's got, you know, Paul, what do you got? Well, Paul, I have. And so sometimes it doesn't work because you need that contrast. So well, he puts it on his phone. He has that cell phone with the re recorder in it. And now that's what he sings into. It's, you know, what many artists do, you know, they yeah, have, course, used to have a cassette machine. Now he uses his cell phone. So you don't forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but so. the thing is, I think with with Paul, I mean, we talk about the idea that um, he went in and started working on this material and, you know, he didn't know he was going to do an album. And I right. understand that concept for sure. But I, I can't help but think of some sort of sexual illusion here. But the idea being that if he starts, he's going to finish like he's he's <laughs> if, if he once he gets rolling, he's in the studio and he's going, you know, I think I'll just add a little bass here. You know, oh, you know, here's an idea I had. Let's just what's he going to do? not do an album you know it's it's kind of like you've got to and you know what i'm not even gonna do that the his age thing i'm not even gonna go well for a guy who's 78 no for a guy who's been doing this for nigh on almost you know 60 years you know 57 years to still have that motivation to still be like you know what? I'm noodling and I'm laying something down. I've got this thing finished. Oh, look, I've got another one finished. Oh, there you go. If I just do this, I've got another one finished. And to just to just be that driven pandemic or not. I mean, you, you know, when you're when when a guitarist and a musician's locked in a room for how many months, what are they going to do? You know, I mean, if you're an accountant, you're not going to go get extra books and do, you know, more math. But if you're a musician and you've got that capability, you know, what did Elton do? Elton locked himself in a room with all of his, you know, with all of his old, what? <laughs> no, with, with old with old stuff that hadn't been out on CD yet. Right. You know, and 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 dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of unreleased tracks and gives us a, an eight CD box with, you know, 60 tracks that had never been on CD, you know, on disc before. The only thing I'll say, Tony, is that. You know, he, he called this a uh, rockdown instead of lockdown. And I don't know why. Some people were very upset that, and offended by the word rockdown. I was like, why? And I thought it was actually a cute word to use. Because it's I, taking something that's been so profoundly serious and affected. So I guess. Things. But you know what? He's but trying to make light of it. I get it. It's a cute play on words. Who cares? Um, but I was getting concerned because I was actually getting concerned for his health. And here's why. A lot of major, major stars, and we know it, were doing these, you know, videos of the band or solo in, in lockdown uh, on Zoom. You know, the Doobies did an amazing, a whole bunch of great oh, ones. A little, a little Richard. Uh, Cliff Richard did a bunch. Um, a, a whole bunch of these major stars. Neil Sadaka was on yeah. every day. Yeah, Neil, Neil Sadaka, Sadaka was a blast. 
Carol Crow uh, was doing a bunch of them. Melissa and- Etheridge. What was that? I didn't know. Melissa Etheridge did a bunch. Uh, Randy yeah. Jackson from Zebra did a bunch. Yeah. Right. So I was okay. I was saying to myself, is he OK? Because McCartney is profound enough to come on and do anything he wants and we'll all watch. Right. So I was getting a little concerned for his health. And then I and was again, thinking back to that naked. Uh, no, he wouldn't no, do no. We don't know. But I was also concerned because I, I was actually saying, OK, maybe I don't want to hear him come on and do yesterday now because he'd be totally solo not the excitement of the crowd we don't mind his voice so i was hoping that he maybe wouldn't do these so i was really stuck somewhere in the middle i saying okay i want to see him what's going on but then again if i see him i don't want to hear him (laughs) wouldn't it have been cool if he just came out and started juggling hi everybody okay now what (laughs) well mpl's mpl's logo is a juggler juggler, yeah (laughs) so that that was random (laughs) so then when you know we we saw that uh he was going to come out with something. I was actually I was actually relieved. I, and I and I figured, OK, that's what he's you know, he's he doesn't want to do these little things. He's coming out with his album. I think um, he just wanted to beat Elvis Costello to the punch because there was rumor that Elvis was going to come out with one. So really? I, think Paul, Paul, I yeah. called three. <laughs> called three. Yeah. <laughs> called McCartney three. McManus three. Yeah. McManus three. But, you know, you know, being on the cover of Rolling Stone a month before the release with Taylor Swift does not hurt your cred. She seems to love him. He seems to have a lot of respect for her. Yeah. Uh, obviously, she knows uh, uh, the family. Stella, uh, she knows. Um, I, I thought that was a major thing. I think that helped uh, not legitimize the album, but just sort of say, well, he's part of it, too. You know, people forget that. You know, they forget he's, he's Paul McCartney. And he, he's, he's a living legend. But, you know, sometimes when you're a living legend, that's all you are. You're a living legend. You don't do anything. Here is, here's an album, you know, a month after that cover. So, and it was a good interview, too. It was actually a very good interview. Well, it was it was her and he interviewing each other. Yes. Yeah, that was what it was. Cool. And, you know, because she had already put out Folklore right. uh, out of the blue, which, you know, went awful. And it's a really good album, by the way. Yep. Yeah. Typically not Taylor Swift yeah. stuff, but uh, it was really good. And so, you know, to hear that he was going to do it, too. We, little did we know that she was going to put out another one and stop him from going to number one. Yeah, well, in the United States, but whatever. Wah, wah. Yeah, but that's all right. You know, yeah. Cue the trombone. And hey, for hey, hey. she also tried to buy his songs, too. Right. No, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she bought Michael Jackson's song. She bought yeah. Michael Jackson's song. Yeah, just to piss off everybody over there, you know. But um, yeah, she bought Ringo's songs, but, you know, they had to pay her a dollar. Nice. Um, sorry. So. You know, it was it was kind of cool to uh, to have a lot of promotion like that. I mean, he still looks great. You know, he needs a haircut, but uh, he looks great. And um, so, there, you know, there was a lot of promotion for it. And then and then they started getting clever, too, by, you know, they gave us the songs to put up on the website. Yeah, but that was later. That was that later. Was, that, but that was, that was week, five days before the up. release. Yeah. Don't forget, I'm, though, right before about well, about a few weeks before the release. They, the first and I was a busy boy that day, the first like at eight in the morning, our time, U.S. Eastern time, they started announcing, oh, it's going to come out on red. No, the first one actually was the third man records, yellow and black polka dot. Now, that was announced at like three thirty three in the morning and it was 60 bucks and it, there's only three hundred and thirty three of those in the world. And they're made of vinyl from McCartney one and two that were melted down to make McCartney three. And then they made the, the, 
dots on it. Which now, may I point out just to all of our listeners and viewers out there that when you take old records and you melt them down yeah. to make new records, generally speaking, they sound like crap. I mean, maybe, maybe though, Tony, total crap. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but maybe they, they do, took the, maybe they took the archive releases that didn't sell on vinyl, <laughs> melted those down. <laughs> And those so sounded those, a little better. Those are not virgin. They just just had only a couple of. No, <laughs> you're calling them slutty vinyl. <laughs> Come no, over here, idea. play me. You know, I mean, you sit there and, and you know you go out and people go out of their way to buy virgin vinyl because that's yeah, what's going to sound the best. And here's the humor that you know. How much are those third man editions going for now? Five thousand dollars. Right. So they're going for but five thousand. It was sixty so bucks, and if you. If you got up on time, if you got up in time, you could have had it for 60 bucks. I, sure, I get the sure. virgin vinyl, but no one's playing that. It's all collectible. I know, but the joke it's a collectible. Is, that's all know, it is. I talk about how bootlegs in the 70s are made from people's old combs, and that's why they sound <laughs> right. like crap. You know, it's like, yeah, we've taken down copies of two other albums and melted them down to make a new album. Well, they took down yeah. a lot of the bootleg albums and melted yeah, them. They took, down the old, <laughs> they took 8,000 copies of Beatles Live, live Nights in a Judo back. Arena. Yeah, live in a Judo <laughs> Arena, yeah. But anyway. you know what, though? That one was 60 bucks. And there are some people who got it because they were up. I'm, I'm an insomniac, but I'm trying to sleep it off. Uh -huh. mm. But they so um, but, uh, you know, if if I would have known, I'm not on third man site, but there are a lot of people who collect a lot of all the third man, which is Jack White's label. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people collect that. So and there's physical stores. I know a ton of people have done some stuff. And I mentioned Billie Eilish a lot. She had one where. Only 100 copies. They put them all in a room and they were black covers and she stepped in blue paint and she walked all over them, put her hands on them. There were only 100 of those. They go for ridiculous money. Yeah, but it's, now, it's, I just want to mention to our viewers that if you step all over a record, it will often sound like crap. Ever. No, no, no. The covers. No, just the covers. Just the covers. Tom. But but but, you know, that that gets into it's, you know, what are you buying it for if you're not going right. to play it? You're buying it for an investment. We all know that it's not going to last, you know, or or or, you know, maybe a, a, for a couple of months or oh, someone's going to buy it for five grand. But in a year or two, no one's going to care if you already have it. You already have it. And if you don't already have it, you moved on to other things. Well, it's not like no one's going to care. But I think I right. think you're right, Rob, in the sense that I think it's peaked now. Yes, yes. It, I, it, I, I, I don't think so. Here's why. Oh, I do. Oh, well, I unfortunately, do. you know, he's 78. When he does pass on, and I hope that's 15, 20 years from now, they will, like everything else, they'll, they'll appreciate. But 15, to, all right, yeah, well, 20 years. I'm just saying, here's the thing. With, uh, like I was saying, that was, you know, 3.33 in the morning. Then at 8 in the morning, we started hearing, you know, Newberry Comics had a pink vinyl, 1,500 copies worldwide. And I started posting every single one. And every, like, 15 minutes, it was a new color. Now, what what was pretty fun and exciting about that is other than seeing him in different colors. You, you're not pissed off yet about the fact that he's releasing so many because you're not thinking about why he's doing it. You're just thinking McCartney's coming out with a new album. There's different colors. That's cool. I'll pick this one. I'll pick that one. Then you, then there was blue and purple and Coca-Cola. The guy uh, down the block, from me, the store down the block, from me, not even a record store. They just got a bunch in invisible vinyl. Oh, <laughs> those are yeah. tough to play. Though. Really tough to. Uh, yes. Yes. They and sound horrible. If you put it out on flexi disc, I'd have more more appreciation. Well, invisible. That'll probably don't give them any idea. Wait, time out. Wait, 
tick, 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 tick. <laughs> Rob, thank you. They said thank you. I and want to copy that. You know, I, I want the hip you. pocket record, Rob. I want the hip pocket record. <laughs> Don't laugh. We're going to get probably a, oh, oh, what? A die colored, a die, a die cut version. A die, <laughs> die. A die cut. Get it, dice. Oh. Um, anyway, the uh, so then all the people were having fun. They were writing to me separately saying, oh, isn't this fun? Isn't this fun? Um, and they were getting as much as they could. And a lot of people, a lot of people got them all. I mean, there weren't 10 at that point. There were maybe seven or eight or six or seven. And people would just go nuts. And you know what? For, for a few hours, it was really fun. It was fun to put them up, but it was also fun to watch people's reactions like, oh, no, here's another one. My bank account's going to go down. And, and then other people started hearing, oh, crap, why is he doing this? But it was it was sort of like, hey, 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 all over again. Remember, everyone, uh, 2021 brings you all things must pass box set and plastic ono band box set. Yeah, save That's your right. money. So or you can have a high credit card bill. Add Ringo's EP. Although I just heard <laughs> no. that all things must pass is going to be coming out with the gnomes in different places on 25 different editions. Just on the well, I heard, I heard if you would have a copy, you can get a little copy of a, you can get a little gnome figurine. There you, yes, go. You, you get different ones, though. Yeah, you know, if, he, if, if George was funny, which we know he is even in death, <laughs> um, he would <laughs> he would he would put out like, you know how they had the different color apples on the on the three seat on the three. Right. right. If he would put out three different color vinyls <laughs> in the set and you didn't know which one you were going to get. You could get a set of this three, a set of this three. So people have to go buy a bunch just to get all the ones and mix and match vinyl. Wow. But you know what? It was, I understand why he did the vinyl and let's face it. We're not going to kid ourselves here. He well, didn't do it just for collectability. He let's, did it wait, let me talk. Let me, let me bring that in. Let me just, Oh, sorry. No, it's all right. I, because I want to talk about that idea. All right. <laughs> you, you've got, you've got, as you worded it, you've got a legendary figure that's putting out a new album. You've got a Beatle that's putting out a new album. Now, let's incorporate something that we haven't really talked about, even off mic, quote unquote. We haven't talked a lot about this, but you've got a, a, a world of Beatle fans, bless you, who what are we missing at the end of this year that was supposed to have happened? Get back. We were supposed to have gotten the Get Back film. The Peter Jackson get back film. So we were supposed to have been fed a mighty dose of Beatles. Yep. We we got the Lenny Give Me Some Truth a couple of months ago, fine, but that wasn't new material. We got teased with the new All Things Must Pass, which in my opinion was absolutely lasciviously beautiful. But again, that's not new material. With Get Back, we were going to get new vision, new material. So so you've got McCartney working with that. In his favor, you've got a new Paul McCartney album. Um, you've got it following up on the heels of one and two. So it's got like a legacy thing going for it. But was it in his favor, Tony? And, and I, I think it, it's awareness. It's it's Beatles in the news. It's Beatles. Correct. You know, yep. so it, with with Beatles, no publicity is bad publicity. You know, it, it, the, the Beatles are around. So it's going to, I think, affect McCartney. But my question that I'll throw out is. Without without all of the additions, without all of the colored vinyl, without all of that, who out there is even is even making a dent in the we've just seen the plummet of CD sales. Vinyl has surpassed CD for the first time in 34 years. 
Okay. So, you know, LPs are on the up. Uh, an industry that went from, I want to say something like seven, uh, $7 billion, $17 billion or something like that to the industry is, is less than, a, you know, is like 600 million or something this year. The, the numbers were staggering in terms of how much CDs have dropped. Was this album going to be a hit without all the marketing play? Oh, I, I don't, I, that's a tough one, Tone, because no disrespect to Paul whatsoever, but, you know, there used to be a time when you put out an album, one version of it, one, and it sells itself because the music, a lot of people were speculating that, you know what, because he has to put out so many different variations, maybe the music isn't so good. Okay. Well, I think it's what it is, is you want to bunch everything up in the first week. You want to go from number like one to number two. two. What? Sink like a rock in week two. Right. But it doesn't matter. That's what you want now. You want to premiere as high as you want. You can the first week because the way the charts are different. And also, you know what? You what you were just saying, Tony, was a good point. Let's say uh, the Beatles get back had come out. Would this album have come out? Would he have waited till next year? Would he then have you done more work on it? Because, you know, sometimes Paul does that. True. That. So, yeah. You know, if if the Beatles get back had come out. It would have probably overlap, overlapped. Uh, give me some truth. And uh, this album, McCartney three, because, you know, they get, they promote each other. Now, if you ever get like uh, Beatles dot com email. Well, here, well, look, McCartney three is promoted by Beatles dot com. Oh, here's a yeah. new Ringo song on Beatles dot com. And well, then, you know, it's not just Paul McCartney's website selling it. Now it's it's Beatles.com. It's become not just the four solo acts, but the Beatles, too. So or the other way around. So, it you know, this this whole thing with the Beatles get back is turned out to be a good thing, I think, because that's I, a good point, Rob. Yep. If get back was out, I think, first of all, it's not only it's it's different media. It's not only an album. It's a movie. Right. And. A soundtrack and the, album, and the soundtrack. So, you know, the movie well, could possibly play for a month or two months. And but then then the streaming is the big thing this year. Yeah. Just the way Hamilton was a big streamer when that first came out. Uh, Beatles Get Back would probably be a huge streamer because it's not going to play in every city. And they can say, oh, look, I can see the new Beatles movie. But on it my is streamer gonna, service. But it is going to play in every city, Rob. Because they're going to make it a big. It, this is not a limited release. Well, like, it will. Know. But Rob is talking about if they had done it now. Oh, if they had if done, they had done, done the it now. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so. I mean, but it, see, it's total speculation. But let me just say one thing, because it's a good point you had. If if they they don't put it out in this pandemic, because they don't want to lose that mass appeal. Sure. I mean, you could put it on Disney Plus. They it wouldn't do as well. Um, not because it's bad, but because it's well, it needs to be experienced. That that film, just from seeing the trailer that we've seen, is another episode entirely. Yeah, now, just from seeing that trailer, that's a film that's, that needs to be seen in the theater. Yes, and that's why I think doubt. I don't. That's why it's nice to speculate. What if he did? Would Paul put this out? Uh, but they wouldn't have done it. So I, th I think Paul knew that. And maybe Paul had insight into that and said, you know what? Well, especially since the Beatles aren't doing anything, Paul McCartney will. And like to your point, Tony, you know, they all uh, it's it's all one now. I mean, the Beatles promoting each other. Well, Rob, maybe, said that, yeah, uh, Rob, sorry. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe Paul was like, all right, McCartney to the rescue, so to speak. Interesting. Because we got nothing. 
But had there had there been a film, yes, and had McCartney, and again, this is over speculation, but had there been a film, I don't think this would had, be out. Well, no, had I mean, there wouldn't have been a film without a lockdown, right? No, no, there wouldn't have been a film. Would have been a film in a lockdown, right? There would have been a film without a lockdown, right? Right. Would if McCartney had done another product, another archive box, another, he may still have released it on the heels of Get Back because it's still the Beatles on fire again. Well, no, because it's no, he would have released it. I think he would have released London Town Back to the Egg. Yes, that's exactly what I said. Yes, I know. but Not for the reason you said, not because it's the Beatles on fire, but because it's not new material. Ringo would have visited Paul and said, we're putting out our record in April and you got to put it out later on. And then Paul said, yo, you leave me alone. I want my record out. I thought it was you three. Yeah. Three again. Wow. (laughs) No, but I think he would have put it out because it would have been just old material, new, newly done, but Mm -hmm. old material. He would not have put out a new material against the Beatles. Get back the epicness of the Beatles. He wouldn't. Here's the question, though. You know, here we are talking about this idea that he needs the the marketing, and we're, and we're sort of alluding to this. He needs the marketing, not necessarily as a crutch. Pardon, but he needs the marketing. He need, he did the colored vinyls, and he did because otherwise, well, you know, well, who might care? Egypt Station was number one in the UK, right? No, no, number US one in the US. I'm sorry, US. I, I knew I. But number, Egypt Station was number one in the U.S., right? Did did well yeah. in the U.K. U.S. is a bigger market, though. I think it was number three in the U.K. Yeah, but it, so it did well in the U.K. Number one in the U.S. New did pretty good. Yeah, pretty well. English I major. Know. No, but the English much. But so where I'm going is, why are we concerned about a new Paul McCartney album needing all this marketing? Well, don't we're, forget we're, we're he saying wants to be he, number one. Yeah, but but he. He did it anyway. I know. Oh, it Great Britain went to number one on this album. And uh, in the States, he went to number two, uh, even though some people think it went to number one, but that's a whole other chart. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know what? When Paul signed with Concord and he released the Amoeba show, it was a four-song CD. One of the things Amoeba did, which Paul really liked, is he got two Grammy nominations for that EP at the time. And that means a lot to Paul still. It means he's still part of the game. He means he's, you know, even though he's Paul McCartney and he's still, you know, the, one of the greatest musicians and writers ever in, in his mind, he's still thinking, well, look, you know, uh, I got a couple of Grammy nominations or what do you got, uh, Mick? You know? So, you know, I think that, I think that in, in the back of his mind, it's, it's there. And it's just, it's a little thing to remind him that he's still Paul McCartney, even though, we could always tell him he's Paul McCartney. He has to tell himself. I, I think, had it told me the other day. He called the house and I was, he was like, sorry, who am I again? Wait, Tony, <laughs> Paul McCartney. Tony, we got we got to say our joke, Tony. When Ringo goes on the road, he's he called his album. What's my name? Because he's going to shout out to the crowd. What's my name? And they're going to go. Ringo is going to go. Good, because I really forgot. <laughs> By the record. No, but Tony, you said. You said Egypt Station did well. It did. It sold 173,000 in its first week in the U.S. Okay. Physical sales. Okay. Physical albums. Okay. And it had about four variations, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Something like that. This one had 10 vinyl variations and I think 14. I mean, I think it has a total of, and I'm, I'm being so serious, 
over 28 or maybe 31 different when you do bundles and colors and all that. Um, but the vinyl itself, I think, I believe has 10 different variations. I'll probably be wrong but, on that. But, but, but it only sold in the U.S. 107,000 copies. Right, because everything was limited on the vinyl. It was everything was a limit. I, I get so, it. Bingo. That's I predetermined how many units you were going to sell. In well, you way, think you would have sold 60,000 more? Uh, Rob, you've got a, you brought up a brilliant point right there. Thank you've you. taken how many variations, but you've li you've limited to a thousand here, three thousand. And not only, and, but a lot of now, them are limited in the U.S. too. I'm going to ask Just you this: to the I didn't do it, and I'd love to see what our listeners' response was. How many people sat sat there and said, "I really want the orange one"? Oh crap! It sold out. Nah, screw it then. Yeah, you go uh, to the next color. Or maybe, or maybe not. Maybe you wait. Roy G. Biv. You know I didn't get the orange one. Damn, I wanted the orange one. But Newberry Comics had 1,500 to the U.S. That's it. So right. even if that sells out, that's only 1,500. You're right, but that's what Rob just was just right. saying. In I words, know, I know. When you but start to do the math, you, you putting out all those variations and putting them in a limit. You but what you said almost prior, Tony, is what I'm alluding to. You said prior, you know, do we have, it's Paul McCartney. Does he even have to care? Yes, because... If you take away, I'm not saying does he have to care. Where I'm going is that he put out two records in a row that 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 did very 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 well and got good reviews, which this album is getting too. Yes, you know, and, but and here's the sold. point. But if you even if it's limited in the states, okay, take away if it was put on one vinyl, one black vinyl, right? Which, no, which might be the one. rare one, by the way. <laughs> Um, if you take that one vinyl and you take away even 30,000, because I think they said he sold 30,000 of the colored vinyl in the States, that which adds to that total right. of 100,000. Take those away. Is he number two? No, he's top 20. And in this day and age, I can fart on a disc and, and it goes, you know, if it tells five to you guys and our wives and stuff, then, you know, it, it goes top 20 nowadays. But, but if, without the vinyls, he doesn't go number two or even go near number one. But I'm going to ask this question, too. When you talk about the limited edition vinyls, what was your price point on some of those? 30 bucks. Yeah. What's your price point on a standard piece of vinyl? 18, bulk bulk 18, 19. No, so, not on this one. I think this not one, on this one. But that's what you usually would see if you went to a how much. Right. Is black? How much is the black vinyl? I'm not sure, but it's definitely over $18, I think. Yeah, it is. Our, let's little, say it's, it's limited. It's limited. Let's say it's 2021. But where I'm going, well, the black is, vinyl's not limited, Rob. Oh, it isn't. Where no. where oh, I'm okay. going is from a, from a marketing standpoint. And again, I'm not saying that they didn't that this wasn't cool. That's not what I'm saying. I know it was interesting. It was fun. It's cool. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I was the first one that kept jumping online, saying, "Oh Jesus, stop busting the guy's chops!" Or, "Oh my God, the nerve he has to put it all." You don't like, have to buy them when we first way. started. You don't have to buy them. I, Correct. I, I said the same thing. Just you buy know, the CD on. and have fun with it. Right. But yep. so my point was, I was overjoyed that he was doing all this kind of stuff. I wanted to see, per, you know, candy cane for Christmas and polka dot. Who knows? But I'm still going with the idea that that you know, and you just threw it in there. There's all the colors, they're all limited, and they're all at a higher price point than the average disc. Yep. Where The one thing he didn't promote enough and didn't make clear enough, and again, you know, with all due respect, they, they've done great with it. But on the website, the nice thing is that you could have gotten, and you could still get it, I think, you can get a CD of the album 
with one of the bonus tracks in a cardboard slipcase. They're gone to seven ninety eight, but that was seven ninety eight. That's Which is a good price point. You're just getting it in a cardboard sleeve, right? No, uh, no frills, but you're getting different color with one bonus with track one out bonus of the four, right? Well, I remember when Real Love came out as a single, and I'm in Tower Records, and they had a price point thing, forty nine cents for the cassette single. So yeah. I bought right, two, right. you know. And if they right, had the right. vinyl, I would have bought ten. Uh, but you know, you're right. P- price point that is part of the sale, and that's that's a good thing. I mean. I have I had no problems with the thing. You know what I really liked about the marketing when he put the the there was a billboard in several places of the just the music, like the sheet music and the song title. Yeah, that was that. You don't normally see music in a billboard, and you know I thought that was really cool. Well, he did that also because he did the contest of you know do a cover of my song. Right, right, and, but you know, but you the can, fact that he's put up music on on a billboard is I thought you know you don't normally see that. I thought that was very, that no. was part of the cool thing of the marketing. We forgot, by the way, that in the beginning, one of the real ways we were seeing McCartney three, we forgot to say this because it plays into the whole thing, is that some people got promotional dice in a bag that said yeah. McCartney three after right. everything started hitting. Yeah. We didn't get it. Evidently, it was people who bought the deluxe versions of the last few things, like the suitcase for Egypt Station and right. you know, whatever it was. All they got, they were chosen and they got them. Um, and then you saw those things on eBay for people were paying four hundred and fifty dollars for the dice. And then you can get them in a bundle for twenty four dollars, you know, different colored dice. But so, you know, that was part of the marketing, too, because obviously the cover has a dice. Well, I, I told you what my thought was originally. My thought was I was going to buy just a whole bunch of copies of the white vinyl and just get a bunch of highlighters. And I just was going <laughs> to kind of like make, you know, oh, there's my yellow copy. Oh, look, there's my blue copy. Well, you know, my joke was that so. I, I was we were all getting so fed up with every color coming out that, you know, if you throw up because you're so sick of it, you could have the splatter version. You know? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm not bothered by it. I would st- I would like to get one vinyl and I hopefully will. Uh, but if I don't, I don't. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I would rather have the deluxe edition with the four extra tracks that was only available in Japan or, you know. Right, then you have everything. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm, I'm looking for is that deluxe. Well, edition. the music, you want the music. And yeah, you, know what? Care right. about. you get yeah. the Japanese. It's got it doesn't have a calendar. It doesn't have a songbook. Right. It, have anything, it just has the music. And that's what people want. You know what? More power to them. Yep. If, like Tony said, you don't have to buy it. Nobody's yep. holding your arm behind your back, ready to break it because, oh, you have to buy every color. Where's your credit card? No, you can no. you can you can look at it and say that's really cool. And, yeah. it, and it was fun to see it. Yeah. But if you don't want to buy it, you don't want to buy it. Stop I just hope it. he doesn't do any more. I think, you know, he, no, did, he I don't think at this point there's acted early, like with Egypt Station, it kept going. Uh, but this one, I think it this one, this one sort of stops. I think you're going to see a deluxe version. I know I'm all kidding aside. I don't I think there would be a really cool like gambling box, you know, where you have roulette and stuff. And it's, you know, and it comes with McCartney three dice in in a in like a suitcase like Egypt Station. I guarantee you there there will be something deluxe on this because it'll it'll have the songbook. It'll have the calendar. It'll have the dice. It'll have the, you know, McCartney ornaments that are sold out. Right, right, right. It'll 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 be there. But. Um, By the way, you know what I, I was surprised he didn't do. And I don't mean to be funny. I know that it's Roman numeral three, so he couldn't do it. But it would have been humorous if in each country he had used the word for three uh-huh. and made each in parentheses, because then you would have had, <coughs> pardon me, 
every non-English speaking country would have had a variation, which oh, would have been even funnier. The marketing department yeah. is calling you. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually yeah. hate the cover. I really, you know, Dude, I, I love the it. Dice. stark contrast. I, I, oh, I hate the dice. I love that it says McCartney. I love the picture on the back. There's two different covers where there's, there's a nice picture of Paul with his grayish hair and one he's on a horse and the other is just next to a microphone. The microphone one was fantastic, but I hate the there's McCartney. Three, there's and, another one of where he's laying back with his eyes closed. Right. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. So, but I hate the McCartney and then the number three dice. I mean, it's like, oh, come on, man. It's, it's so out of. He's not going to put like a picture it. of himself on the cover anymore. No, he's not. Definitely not. Yeah, when was the last when he's he was done a long about, time, right? And and Paul has that, you know, we always think of, you know, John and George, but Paul also has that ethereal side to him, too. And three has a lot of symbolism, you know, when That's he was true. talking about yeah. the different symbolism with the number three, you know, John was the number nine, you know, and there's but there's symbolism with the number three and and by the dice and things like that. He might have been just going towards that idea, you know. No, he was. Come on. So we're going, we, we are reading way too much. It's his third out. It's his third McCartney album. Yeah, but I'm just saying, but just by putting just the bare die with the three on it, rather than coming up with some, you know. Yeah, do something where you just, you know, you're instead of holding a peace sign, you throw the three sign, you know. <laughs> or be prepared, the three? Boy Scout thing. <laughs> yeah, you know? Right, that's all you need is to have him as a Boy Scout. The juggler, the juggler's juggling. The juggler had, balls, so there's three things on the juggler at, a logo from McCartney. I mean, for MPL. You be E.T. when you're three, the extra testicle. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Um, on that note, should we take a <laughs> break? Take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. All right. So on that note, we are going to take a break. The show is Fab for Free for All. We are in the midst of a discussion of Paul McCartney's 2020 release, simply entitled Three. And we'll be back with uh, a look at the music on Fab for Free for All. Hey, you may think you're still watching the episode of the show, but actually... We're here to tell you about something. Rob, what is it that happens every time a new Beetle or Beetle-related product comes out thanks to our good friends at the companies that put out this music? You mean Capital Universal? They, they, they usually send us records so we could give out some to our listeners. Isn't that the coolest thing going? And Mitch, do you think they're going to do it for us this time? I think so, Tone. I've heard rumors <laughs> that we are going to be getting some product that we'd like to give to you, or should I say you, <laughs> you, W, W. <laughs> no, we're going to get some uh, copies of the album. Don't know which format yet. So that'll be kind of a surprise. If you win, you don't know what you're getting, but uh, you don't know what you're getting every week from us. So. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, what do people have to do to get their uh, chance to win a copy, Mitch? Uh, all you need to do is, Send uh ten dollars to no, I'm kidding. Nice. Uh, all you need to, to Thanks, us, my PayPal. No, uh, just send your name, your address, and an email, please. Your address is important, so we don't have to chase right. you down. Uh, your name and address to fab for the number four, free for the number four, all at aol.com. Again, that's fab for free for all at aol.com with the subject heading. McCartney three, and you'll be entered. You don't have to do anything else other than that. And when's the drawing for this uh, fun prize? Um, the so, drawing <laughs> will be as soon as we get the product. Now, well, the drawing well, is now, and we will honestly, we will pick the winner 
uh, on January 30th. How's that? My birthday. Sounds great. All right. And we are back as we continue our discussion of what well, we never went away. Uh, I said better um, than ever. Better back and better than ever. As we continue a discussion of uh, Paul McCartney's Roman numeral three, it is uh, 40 years after McCartney two, 50 years after McCartney, which right. you can call McCartney one, just like a lot of other situations where when there's a sequel, they don't call the first one one. But anyway, it's um, the Godfather, not Godfather part one. Right. Unless you're the Wilburys. <laughs> that's yeah, true. that's true. Good point. Um, so let us get to the music. Hold one and, more thing. Um, one more thing. Yes. I, I was going to say this for the end, but, you know, don't forget they put out a cassette also. God, of, yeah, you're right. There was a cassette you know, for it. But not an A-track. As someone what? tried to pass on our site. <laughs> I like the A-track. It was I funny, like though. Uh, and, and the, and the uh, Edison Cylinder. Yes. Um, Wait, there's actually music on this tone? There you go. Well, here, I'm going to I'm going to ask I'm going to ask an overall question. Then we'll focus on the songs. You heard the stories, you heard the hype, we heard everything leading up to it. We heard about the colored vinyls. Mitch, you already talked a little bit about what you were expecting musically or what you didn't know. Rob, what were you expecting musically? Musically, I didn't I was I, I knew it was going to be somewhere between. I, you know what this reminds me of? The first Fireman album and the second Fireman album was very mood music. You know, it's not what you would call Paul McCartney music. But then the third Fireman album was a very much a straight-ahead record where he sort of said, oh, I'm going to write a song a day. And he was working with youth. And you know what? It worked very well. To call the third Fireman album the Fireman is, it wasn't like the first two. And I look at this album the same way. It doesn't have bogey music, which I'd be honest with you, I, I don't miss. Uh, but it doesn't have se temporary secretary either. And also the first album had a lot of instrumentals, which Paul sort of only has one instrumental on this and it's not bothersome. So, you know, it's like the instrumentals on the first one get in the way, I think sometimes, um, you know, Karina, Karina Cure, if I was uh, not Karina Cure. Cure. Yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of not the best song of Paul's career. Uh, there's nothing like that on this album. I mean, to call it McCartney three, if he would have just called, uh, you know, rock down, that would have been fine too. I, you know, it's, it's good that he, you know, he did it all himself except for one track. Um, but Paul doesn't a lot anyway, a lot of, uh, chaos and creation was Paul alone or mm. basically yes. alone. Yes. So, you know, you know, I'll, I'll go with the marketing on McCartney three, but I, I, like I said, it's a different sound for him also. It's, he had no one there to talk to, and I think he sort of stuck with what he first did. I, Rob, you brought up a really good point, because I was thinking to myself also, it's very convenient it's 2020. If this was 2019, would he have said McCartney 3? Good point, because, good point. Because 70, 80, 20. Yep. You know? But then again, if he did it every 10 years, I could see it. Like, like 1990, right. well, he was on tour in 1990. Right, but if, it, if it's 2020, at least it's an even number of years. Yes, that, that, that makes sense. Honestly, 2019, I, I, does he just call it Rockdown? I think it's coincidence. I don't think, I don't think, I think, right. Had the pandemic happened in 19, had he done it? I don't think he meant to make McCartney I, 3. No, I, I think he still might have done it because and mm. I've been through this and I laugh and I've been, I've been, I put a big post up about this or and responded to a post. But, you know, people keep saying, you know, um, the solo album, solo album, solo album, Paul McCartney solo album. Why? What's the big deal? It's free. It's not a solo. It's, okay. We have to stop. Paul, the Beatles have been broken up for 50 years. 
We have to stop calling Paul McCartney's solo career his solo career. Stop it. He he is Paul McCartney. He's been a a non-member of the Beatles for way more years than he was a member of the Beatles. It's Paul McCartney's albums, and it's the Beatles albums. We can't keep saying, except for the first one, which was his first solo album and was his first solo, meaning by himself, album. So people keep it. This is his third solo all by himself with no one there to help album. So let's just put that out. I don't care either way. No, but I just find it funny. It's not with the Beatles. It's solo. My momentary rant. If he's with Wings, if he's with the new band, if he's whoever, it's still solo from the Beatles. I, I, but the Beatles have been gone for 50 years. I agree. It doesn't matter anyway. But my, but my, over nothing. But my point being tug of war because it has Paul McCartney's name on it is not a Paul McCartney solo album. It's a Paul McCartney album with other people playing with him. So you, you call it so you're calling a solo album is when someone works on it alone. Like, uh, for example, uh, John Fogarty, when he made, uh, uh, the, the first one where he came back and he did everything on that album alone. If you're still you that? like Roger Daltrey put out five albums, four albums while the who were still together. Right. <laughs> then he's putting out a solo album. He's putting okay. out it's Roger Daltrey doing a solo album or he's doing an album outside of the who a venture outside of the who. But like Peter Gabriel, no one calls Peter Gabriel's last right. five albums. Solo oh, Peter album. Gabriel's solo album. Peter Gabriel left Genesis in 1975, only the first album. Then they call it his first solo album. After that, it was Peter Gabriel's Gabriel. got a new album out. Right. I, so I can't get over the fact that but, they still use the term a solo McCartney album. It doesn't matter. But, but Tony, up. just as you know, the media, they always talk about the Beatles with him. And, and so and he's willing to talk about it in many cases. Well, so that's part of it, too. Here's yeah. question. What are his options? Is Paul McCartney going to put out a new Beatles album? No, no. Option. No, no, he's not. He but, them. <laughs> and, no, what I mean, but any album he puts out is a Paul McCartney album. It's this one is a Paul McCartney solo album because he's whatever. I think Paul. we're we're splitting hairs. It doesn't I matter. Know, but I, I know what Tony's talking about, but a lot of the media jumps on the Beatles, the Beatles. And, you know, yeah, that's just the way it is. When he dies, it's going to be ex Beatle Paul McCartney. Just the way with John Lennon and George Harrison. Ugh, ugh. So, anyway, well, anyway. Let's, let's start off with the music. Yeah, where, where I'm going is when you get to the music, um, you know, I was expecting this to being a solo effort. Um, I The one thing that I was praying for was that he was not going to get overly lost in 2020 sonic trickery there is a lot that you can do with technology in 2020 in 1980 paul was experimenting a lot with new things and new ideas were in the studio that were available to him at a a prosumer level i mean he's paul mccartney he's a millionaire but he wasn't multi-millionaire whatever but he wasn't building a uh like a state-of-the-art studio even in his house he was playing with new equipment that he'd gotten and learning it and and you know uh, working with some up-to-date stuff in 2020, if he had been working with like up-to-date stuff, quote-unquote, it could have gotten ugly really fast, my opinion. Um, what I respect and appreciate about this record is from the experimental standpoint, I think it was more experimental or is more experimental in terms of what he's doing with the music. And to 
his instrumentation and his miking techniques and his ideas and just, you know, uh, that he's, he's, he was able to, to put something out that sounds current without it sounding like he's relying on technology. So Maybe. that I think is a Good difference point. between two and three. And whereas with one, so that's why I look at this record musically as a marriage between one and two, mm. you know, and, and I think in a lot of ways, because he's got that idea of one that he wants to do songs and not just, just tape experimentation and fun, crazy crap, like check my machine, which I love, you know, I love McCartney too. So, but he's not doing that playing with technology the idea is it's taking one with a lot more stuff available to you. I think no. he's taking technology um, and using it to manipulate his voice a because little bit. of the current state of his voice. Yeah. And I think he's using a lot. His advantage. I don't, I don't mind that. I'm I, just saying, I think it's, he is using technology to that point just to mask the, you know, the weathered voice. But he, but you I know something. I, I, yeah. I think his voice sounded very good on this album. I do too. You know, it's there's no who cares on this album where you're like, oh my God, is that Paul McCartney? Now, mind you, right. it's what a fifth the song, but this album, I think, you know, guess what? Maybe Paul shouldn't tour anymore and just make records like this because I thought his voice was very strong on many of the tracks. Yeah, there's some parts where it sounds like he's 78 and he, and, you know, but you know what? It worked within the song. He wrote it into the song. Why don't and we yeah. talk about the music? Agree. Yeah. So, so let's let's look at the tracks. Um, <laughs> the album opens with long tailed winter bird. Rob, right out of the shoot. That's what you were talking about. And yeah. and I got to tell you something. This lick has been plaguing me that opens this. And I'm I'm happy for that. I'm happy that a Paul McCartney song in 2020 is stuck in my noggin. Yep. It opens with an acoustic guitar lead. And yep. um, it's called Long Tail Winter Bird. Um, I don't know if we want to, how we want to go around, but uh, anybody want to start? Go ahead. I'll start. Go ahead. You know what? It's a um, couple of things. First of all, he said it was a piece of film music he was working on, which he extended. He was looking at a book and it's had something like long tail winter duck. So he used the, the, the title. Um, this one, you know, I said, and even in my early review, I didn't think the album started well. I thought the album uh, was a little slow until song four. I still stay there. Um, I still stand by that. I, I think the song is good. You know, a lot of people said it sets the tone for the album. I disagree wholeheartedly uh, because this is the only real experimental track in, in general, a big, big experimental track here. He uses, mm -hmm. you know, vocoders on his voice and, and stuff. I, so I don't think it sets the tone for the, the album at all because I, I, I think it's, I don't think it's as good as the rest of the album. I, I like it. It goes on too long, which a couple others do. Uh, but other than that, it's okay. It's a decent album opener. Uh, again, knowing full well that he didn't intend to make an album. I don't think he cared that there's an opener and a closer. Uh, it just so happens that the closer is a perfect closer. But um, so this one is okay. It, it I, does I, I stick like in my head, Tony, but uh, I don't, I don't love it. I, 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 I was shocked that he opened with mostly an instrumental. There's some vocal gyrations in there in the middle. I think I like you, Mitch. I think it's too long, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out where to cut it, you know, and also I really enjoyed the acoustic lead on this. And it's, it reminded me like he had this riff and he wanted to take it somewhere else, but he, 
he really did it, but it, the riff is so catchy, he didn't need to take it anywhere else. Again, mute piece of film music, you could do that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. If you're putting it on point. an album, it, it's, it, it, may, it doesn't work as well as if you hear it background of a, of a film where people are talking and interacting. That's a good point. So I, 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 I didn't mind it as the opening track. I don't mind it as a song, but like you said, a little too long. Paul has a couple of songs on the album that, like you said, are a little well, too long. He does long, that. But, Power but of, you know what? Love. I don't mind it, though. I don't mind it. Tony, my thought is that um, had we done this show after my first listen on the album, <laughs> it would have been a different show for me. OK, um, I'm just going to start by saying this album is growing on me like stink. I mean, I don't know. I'm just this album is growing on me exponentially. Um, a lot of I, people are saying that. I by the way. absolutely love this track. OK, I love this opening track. I dig the effects on the vocals. Um, and again, it doesn't feel like he's doing 2020. He's applying them in a way almost as if he could have in the 80s. If you listen to that, that like kind of thing he's doing in there. Do you, yep. do you, yeah, that's an 80s type effect. It's like an, there's like an electronic flute effect that he's using throughout this track. Partly the same thing that he's applying to the vocals. He's also doing some really cool ascending bass bits here and there. You yep. know, there's reminders all over this record that he is a brilliant musician. Like it's it's just a it's cool to see that and assess that. And also too, and this I caught I, it was bugging me because I just kept going, why do I know that guitar sound that he's getting? And I connected it to the end of too many people on Ram. Yeah, okay. That, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. So I find I played this, like I was in the middle of replaying it this afternoon. I'm like, all right, I gotta remember where this is from. <clears throat> and I just zeroed out everything in my head. And I played it and I'm hearing it. And I was like, it's the end of too many people. And I went and verified. So anyway, they're mat let's let's put this away. They're friendly uh, chord progressions and, and notes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So um, second track on the album, Find My Way. And the quote uh, single, even though it's not really the single, he's okay. promoting it most. The hype sticker had it. So let's say it's the single okay. and the right. video. But there's no um, B side or anything. No, no, no. You know, this one. I hated when it first came out. I hated the voice on it. I hated the lyrics. I thought they're very trite. I still think they are. I they really are do. Right. Yeah. But sure. but um, but the the lyrics are the most pandemic um, yep. related because he says uh, you never used to be afraid of days like these, but now you're overwhelmed by your anxieties. Let me help you out. Let me be your guide. I can help you reach the love you feel inside. What's and, wrong with I, I? I like I really like that lyric. That no, was no, no. Lyric I, I, I like I love those lyrics because he's he's almost telling you we have the pandemic. McCartney's here. Don't worry, Daddy's here. Yeah. But but in the well, I can find my way. I know my left from right because we never close. I'm open day and night. That's trite. That's yes. you know, well, I that's mean, not trite. That's just what the hell I, I know, which is, I know, but I mean, it's just, it's just uh, lyrically lazy. Like he always does. Um, I but, wouldn't call that lazy. That that's well, rhyme, rhyme. You don't always have to rhyme every two seconds, well, but I will say this. And then you could go Rob because the video helps this song a lot for me. Now yes. the video he put out is almost like an Andrew Loveman thing. Plug to well, you. And, all you need is love. Um, he, where you have a million different McCartney's playing all the instruments and he, he just keeps, 
putting more frames of himself playing. The video for me has helped this song exponentially. Yep. I still don't love his voice on it, and it's not the greatest thing, but it's now become much more fun because of the visual. Well, first of all, if, if we were next to each other and this was, let's see, this is uh, for everyone who was on YouTube. You see my notes right here? I wrote <laughs> down the same exact lyrics that you just said, Mitch. Isn't that funny? Well, if you go to McCartney 3, if you go to McCartney3.com, there's a, a thing where you can look at all the lyrics to every single song. Well, I, I did the same thing. You never used to be afraid of days like these. Right. I, the, and the whole thing, I thought that was, first of all, he sings in a, in a falsetto voice, which first of all, he can. I thought it was falsetto. Falsetto, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I really thought it, uh, that helped the song a lot. I think it, it really... Yeah, you know, this is why I think it's a, it's a strong vocal album for him because it, he went to fa falsetto or falsetto, yeah. however you say it, um, you say a it. lot, and and it, he still has that in his system. So whether he was doing it because that's the way he can sing now, or he just felt it was good for the song, uh, for me it's both. But um, I was definitely loving this song. I agree with you, Mitch. The video really helps the song even more. Yeah, and again, and it's something I bring up a lot with Paul's song uh, albums. The number two song is the focus song That's on the it. album. You've said that. Yeah. So this is wow. the same. Yeah, you know, I was like, hey, Paul, Paul's doing the same thing he's done for all the other albums, basically. The number two song is sort of, you know, the, the first song is the intro, and then we get to find my way. Um, I, I love the hen I love the ending, but I hate the false ending. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's really, well, go ahead. I'll get, I love the false ending. I thought that was a lot of fun. There we go. Well, that, that was the only part that uh, that bothered me a little bit, but um, I, I truly love the song. I think it's a, a, a very strong song. I, and, um, you know, I, I, I think this is the, maybe the best song on the album. So oh, interesting. Okay. That's very interesting. Wow. Yeah. I, I, um, my thought was it could have fit on new. Yeah. I definitely no. think it could easily have fit on new. I love the sound of his electric guitar on this. Love it. Um, and Rob, to your point, the, the falsetto is very, very strong. Yep. Um, <clears throat> there's a guitar break around a minute 20 into the song that is just a really cool guitar break. Uh, I like the chorus lyrically, definitely. Uh, again, this is the type of track where uh, this, I think, overall, this is such a headphone album. And this is a track where he's, yeah. he's throwing a good crap driving at the wall. Album. Yeah. He's yes. throwing crap at the wall to see what sticks. St uh, sticks. It is experimental musically. Mm. Um, it's got the fake ending. Those guitar runs, those washing guitar runs during the last third of the song. That's you know not normal McCartneyism, really. There's a lot of it, but it's not overtly ex experimental like McCartney too, where it's just no. out in your face experimental. This but, is little underlying things. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying it's that idea that in this in this case, I think he's experimenting with what he's doing with his music as opposed to not that that wasn't the case with McCartney too, but McCartney too was having fun with a lot of new crap in my studio. Right. You right, know, right. this, the well, most the experiment sounds cool. Like yeah. That, wow. Yeah. Wow. Whatever that is. I, probably <clears throat> not the, a the ending the you know, just the, you know, that's kind of yeah. fun. The, the crash down ending. Um, so again, I great track. I yeah. think great track. Um, we move on to uh, pretty boys and um can i go first yeah go ahead Mitch. it makes me uncomfortable why because it's almost like who's your daddy this is about male models 
uh, you, you know, he had an article he was looking at male models. Yeah. This, uh, it just the lyrics make me very uncomfortable. I don't know. It's just objects of your desire. I know he said there were bicycles outside and they were riding their bikes and that's what. But a line of bikes, um, you can look, but you can't touch. Yeah, I think he's just talking about another. I know what world. he's talking about, but it just you know what the voice is just like early days on. Yeah, new. it reminds me of early days a lot. But yeah. early days but, were very poignant because he used that voice, unmanipulated voice. The rest of the album was a little different vocally, but he he told you he wanted the bare voice because the poignancy of the lyrics to use that voice. Right, right, Here, right. It's almost the opposite effect for me. You know, you got that old man voice singing about the pretty boys. So and well, I, it's not it's to me, it just for me personally, you guys can totally think some other way. For me, it just make, makes me uncomfortable. This I is my think you got the dirty mind, Mitch Axelrod. No, it's not a dirty mind. It's just, <laughs> I, honestly, I, this is my least favorite track on the whole album. Okay. Well, I, I thought this song was first another, you know, another way for Paul to write about the Beatles. You know, you look, you can't touch, you know, the pretty wow. boys. But, at, but then I heard him talk about the male models and I'm like, really, Paul? And then the, the lines about the, uh, the bicycles for hire it was basically, you know, in the, in the city where you have you can uh, put a credit yeah. card in, you ride a city bike around. That's what he's like writing about. Right. I'm like what? So I, I thought about it first about like the way I think of ballroom dancing is sort of his way of writing about the Beatles at the time, you know, made a man of me, you know, all the ballrooms he played and stuff with the Beatles. And then early days, I, I agree with you, Mitch. This is a very much a, a similar type of song to early days. Um, I can. I could have lived without this song, but it's 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 not a bad song, but it's it's not the first one I go to on the album. Let's put it that way. Um, for me, I, I don't think it's again, I don't think it's a bad song. Not the first one I go to on the album either. Um, uh, not terrible. I, you know, at first, uh, the first time I heard it, I was going, OK, what is this exactly about? Then yeah, exactly. Course, You're right. You really, exactly it bounces right. back and forth between the bicycle imageries and the and the male models and whatnot. I, I got to say, for this. again, from a from a musical, <laughs> from a musical standpoint or from the album, Paul's become an excellent producer. He was always a good producer. But this Ooh, I'm not so sure the production on this track, I think, is beautiful. He keeps his voice all the way out front, even though he must be aware of the fact that his voice it's weathered. is not what it was and is weathered. Yeah. But of course but he is. Yeah, but he is. He is in, in, not indulgent in, in a negative way, but he's indulgent enough to know that I, I, I want to go full on with this song vocally with my natural older voice. Um, that's fine. His enunciation's even different now because his that, voice that's is, true. You have to do that if you're going to sing differently. Right. I, but he's wearing it well, I think, on this track. Um, I heard this and the first thing I thought of was this could have been on the last Emmett Rhodes album. I love the last uh, Emmett Rhodes album. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Because the Emmett Rhodes record was a little dark and a little weird and, you know, but was right. brilliant. Um, but we also had to remember, too, what does Paul's daughter do for a living? We know. I know. She's a photographer. Well, first of all, there's a photographer, right? And the other, and, and one, the other one is in is, fashion. Is a fashion designer. So the reality they go is, together. The, the reality is through the lens, because now it's also he's probably also flashing back to Linda because Linda was taking pictures of all these pretty boys. In the, so to him, looking at male models now, and, and it's also different in England, 
you know, he's there's a lot of stuff that probably flashes through his head when he's thinking about that. And it's kind of a cool. So, again, I don't I don't love the song, but I kind of appreciate it. Tony, you just when you mentioned Linda, I'm I all of a sudden thought of Biker Like an Icon, which is about, you know, the the word Leica comes from the Leica lens that Linda used. And, you know, no one knew that at the time. And and now you think about it, that could be a, like a connection to that. There's a lot of connections with, that we've heard. Like, mean, you know, he talks about Eximo, Eskimos in one song. Well, yeah, I'm thinking of Junior's Farm right away. But I thought Pretty Boys uh-huh. also, when he was on with Stephen Colbert, uh, he played a clip of BD, BTS singing Hey Jude. And they're all good looking guys. And I'm singing... Yeah. Maybe that's where he got it from. Pretty boy. He also you know? made like a, they said, do you like this? And he went, mm. well, you know, he's always a gentleman. He doesn't so the, say, oh, yeah, that sucks. But the song oh, has I know. a little bit of an overtone of like, you know, I don't know what to do with any of this. Which <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I flash back. Hey, Joe Jackson had a song on his either the first or second album about the exact same topic. You know, pretty boys right. on my TV screen with the hair so white and teeth so clean. And, you know, yeah. I mean, pretty boys sing and play guitar, you know, I mean, so. But then uh, again, Paul McCartney is a is good looking guy. You know, Joe Jackson has never been good looking. <laughs> yeah, that was a jealousy thing, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, good point. Yeah, gonna pretty, women and, pretty women out walking with gorillas down my street. Come on. <laughs> all right, yeah, we got it. Good point. Go ahead. All right, so uh, next track, Women and Wives. Yeah. And Mitch. Um, you know, he was in L.A. He was writing. He, he was uh, reading a book on on Lead Belly. So he wanted to do like a bluesy type thing. Um, I, this is where the album kicks off for me. He's using his like Lady Madonna voice, so to speak, lower, you know, hear me, women. I want. Um, but that's what he is because and he's using again, he's using his weathered voice to his advantage here. Yes, he is. If he tried to say, hear me, he'd be like, we'd be like, oh, God, no. Um, so he did lower the register. Uh, again, the lyrics are, are are very not lazy, but they're OK. The only thing I will say is there's one verse which I I think is very profound because he's talking about, you know, growing up with everything. And now hear me, mothers and men, hear me, sisters and brothers, teach your children and then they can pass it to others. Some of them may borrow tales you handed down chasing tomorrow. That's actually pretty profound. The rest of it kind of sucks. But anyway, no, but, no, 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 no. I beat no. the hell out of him lyrically all the time. And I, I know you do. No, I, I like I like this song. Um, it's a rolling blues. Um, it's very dark. It, rem- it could have been on chaos for me. Yes. Uh, yes, definitely. And it's a little darker tone. I think the whole album is a little darker tone because it's obvious. I mean, we're in a pandemic. He's going to yeah, have but- a darker tone. It's just the way it is. But uh, this one is OK. <laughs> I'm not finding the album that dark. Everybody keeps oh, commenting I... about the dark, the dark aspect of it. And I usually pick on records for that. Or maybe, no, well, I mean, if we, maybe I'm just happy to not it. hear McCartney going, oh, hey, 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 pandemic. Hey, it's all great. Hey. No, he's yeah. not doing that. I mean, no, I know. But I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> but um, so, Robert, do we have your uh, look? I, I, first of all, I love that the opening verse where, you know, it's like Leon Redbone saying it's like. This is really good. You're right. You know, his voice is weathered, but he's found a way to play it where it's not like who cares where, you know, right. it's like, whoa, you know, and, and some of the other on songs it. on Egypt station, you know, he and like I said, if he never tours again and puts out albums like this, I'll be very happy. I like the line about chasing tomorrow. Tomorrow comes around. 
and you got to keep your feet on the ground. Yeah. You know, and get ready to run. You know, I, I, that's just a great line. And uh, it's interesting, Mitch, you mentioned the line right before that. So uh, I, I, I think this is a, a, it's, it's a really good song. This is a song I can see people covering down the road from this album that's because because this is more like a you know Paul at the piano and it's late at night and he's you know he doesn't smoke anymore but you know someone around him is smoking and he said women and wives you know and I can see you know someone picking up this song and running with it down the road I, I was very impressed with this song I where's um, the Billy Joel cover <laughs> that would be a good cover actually I'd exactly, be a very yeah. good one actually yeah. But I, I think um, I think there are elements of this track that are there are a number of songs in this record. If you separate them from the record, like you said, this could have fit on chaos and creation, you were saying. And I think there are a number of songs like that on this record where if you pull them out, you can say, you know what? It could fit well on here or there or anywhere, right. which is kind of neat. There is an undeniable McCartney-ness to a lot of things on this record. And yet as you pointed out earlier, Mitch, as an album, it doesn't, it does, it isn't like anything else in the catalog. Right. Yeah. No, Just it's good because, because it's so varied. Because it's so varied. So I find that fascinating in its yeah. own way. That a guy with this many solo records. Oh, I did it now. Look at that. A guy with this many ah. records out, you ah. know, can do that. Huh? Um, Guilty. But, I, I love I love the sound of his piano on this. Yes, it's I a rolling it. blues. It's kind of yeah. nice. And also and the production of it. Um and, and there, you know, there are a couple of lines or or you know, partial verses are a little bit oblique. Sometimes I find that stuff annoying with McCartney, but for whatever reason on this record, I'm not going there. Sounds like you uh, want to go in the studio and pitch his cheek, Tony. Oh, good job. Good job. No, but I'm saying if you if you asked me about it a month ago after the first listen, I was kind of just going okay. my first reaction to the whole record was I like this. I'm not I'm not down on this in any way. Right. All right. You know, I remember on. you saying that. Oh, that's all right. And then as that's you keep right. going. And as I'm keeping listening, I'm just, you know. So anyway. Right. All right. Women and women women and wives. We move on to the next track, Lavatory Lil. Love this song. Really? This is my favorite song on the album. Is he joking, uh, Tony? No. No. <laughs> I've said it from the day He's one. Messing with it. This is my favorite song on the album. So he, fun. He comes the album? On the album. Wow. He comes out firing with that great opening lick. I mean, it's a great lick. Um, and it, he said it's about someone you don't like and that you don't get on with. And we all have that. We don't know whether he's talking about Heather or a friend or whatever. It doesn't matter. See, the lyrics to me here, every lyric is poignant. Every single one. And I'm looking at the lyrics, which is why I'm always looking inside. But you think she's a winner when you're cooking you your dinner, when she's cooking you your dinner, but she's really moving in for the kill. Or when she, you think it's hunky-dory when she's telling you a story, but she really thinks you're making her ill. All of these, and the, the last one, and you think she's being friendly, but she's looking for a Bentley and you and she'd rather go and swallow a pill. I mean, you know, I know people are saying, oh, it's like John's polythene pen. I get a kick out of that line. She'd rather go rather go and swallow a pill than what? Anyway, well, but, yeah. but, uh, uh, but birth I love pill. it. I think lyrically, I think this is very clever. It's pure, clever McCartney. And I think See, um, it holds up funny. really well. I love the the call and response. Look out for everything. I love it. Yeah, yeah. 
I like it a lot. That's my favorite song on the album by far. I, I, I love the call and response. I, I, and you know what I also like about the song? It's, it's very short. Yeah. He didn't go back and revert. You know, he didn't go yeah. repeat everything again. Uh, it's a two twenty two song, two minutes twenty two. This is a perfect song for Paul McCartney. You know, it has. First of all, listen to the descending guitar and bass lines on this. Oh my God, I had that written down. That is musically, he's great. I mean, it's wow. but but it's all descending. It's not you know, it's it's there's a blues feel to this in the music, not just the lyrics. The lyrics, the music would tell you that this isn't a happy song, right? Right. And, and it's just, but it's this is such a cool though. song. But it's, it's got a good. bounce, though. That's what's yep. missing. And it bounces, and you could put this. You know, this could have been the single or the focus song. Maybe, but you know something? You know, we, we know that Paul writes bits and pieces. Maybe this is apart from his second wife, but he already had written Writing the Vanity Fair, and he didn't want two songs that were obvious. You know what's telling, though, Rob? When he says she's acting like a starlet, but she's looking like a harlot. As she's slowly heading over the hill. Yeah. That is so, that's profound. That is fun as hell. You're just like, yeah, go, Paul. You tell yeah. Him. And Paul doesn't write that type of song usually. Correct. And then he doesn't write a lot of angry songs like that occasionally, but not as right. much as you'd like him to. Exactly. And then he burned down the bitch's house. <laughs> Going back to Johnny. Again. Going back to one of our old shows. No, I love um, that. That's why I love this song. You know, it's, it's, here's the first thing that I heard. But I heard it the first time I, I was making my first time I heard it, I started to make little notes and I wrote would have been a sweet song 40 years ago. <laughs> like this, the band Sweet could easily. Have oh, sweet. sweet. OK. Oh, I yeah. thought you were talking about a, a sweet song. No, this, the band Sweet could easily have had a hit with this in 1973 or whatever. Oh, I think um, so, too. Right. Oh, you know, that's a good point. That it definitely has that that that, yeah. that sound. And, and And lyrically, it's that, you know, it's that typical you know that whatever was chapman and chin or whoever was writing this stuff back then um love the guitar sound i love the fact that the backing vocals are a bunch of football hooligans like I love yeah, the right. fact that yeah it's just you know um it's like hey guys look out for left yeah <laughs> exactly it's a, it's a pub song you know it, but definitely. exactly but you know what it's a funky little track and it's only I, two minutes. I like the guitar. I love the, so. I, I love the, uh, the descending riff, you know, it's just oh, yep. so it's, it's so just, well thought out. I mean, yeah. the, the, his, you know, he, his bass isn't as, I don't want to say standout as just normally as innovative. Is. Yeah. But it's, it's there on this song. And because yeah. I think, I think he played, well, he obviously the bass later. And I think he, I think he realized maybe he didn't have to do as much. Because he'd already done it with the piano and the guitars yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. 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 So, so and we moved to track six. Oh my God. And deep, deep feeling. On... Oh, this gave me deep, deep feelings for about eight minutes and 26 seconds. <laughs> deep feelings of what the hell do I do with this song? So many people have said it's like the best song on the album. Uh, I could see that, by the way. I, no, I can, I, see, I can see people saying that. Yeah. If you have it on his background music, Eight minutes and 26 seconds of this. It's really good. If you're listening to it intently. Um, no, nah, I know. The, I, what? If you're listening to it intently. Yeah. It's still freaking amazing. Where you okay. can't be you're, in the middle. Not your turn. <laughs> no, I know. But you can't be in the middle. Just there we go. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be very short on this one. Um, it's a bit experimental. The oh, hey, or whatever he says. 
uh, are kind of cool. And there's a lot of different different things going on here musically, which this album McCartney is musically just as good as he's ever been. Let's face it. He hasn't lost that. Um, but, you know, the, the I've said it in the review. I'm going to say it again. The lyric that he keeps saying, sometimes I wish it would stay. Sometimes I wish it would go away. That's how I feel, depending on how I'm feeling about this song. Sometimes uh, I wish it would stay. Sometimes I wish it would go away. And I'm going to say it. I, I just if I'm in the mood and I'm working and I have it on his background, it's awesome. But if I'm really intently listening to it, sometimes it's good. Most times for me personally, I don't love it. OK, I um, I, I, th- I agree. In many cases, the song is too long, but Way I'm trying long. to figure out where to cut it. And that's my problem. I can't find a place. Well, he seemed to, to cut it at like seven fifteen, <laughs> and then and then went into a little thing at the end. Right, he does a false ending on it. So, I, but I'm I'm trying to figure out where do you make the edit, and I can't because as to me this is the experimental side of what we would consider McCartney three, correct? Or McCartney two. This is an experimental song that actually works very well because of that. But like you, Mitch said, it's it's like. It's a different song for the album, and it's very long too. That you know, that's the other thing. But at the same time, you know, just the lyrics are really cool. You you understand why Paul wants it to go away, this deep deep feeling. But at the same time, it's there and it's bothering him. But it's the same time he knows it's a good thing. It's it's falling in love, and it's like, oh God, I'm falling in love here. What's going on? Oh, I don't want to fall in love today. Oh, but I like being in love, and that's to me the whole thing. Um, Bingo. I, I like the falsetto again. You know, I love the fal- he didn't he doesn't use the falsetto as much as he did on this album. The way it, it stands out, he's used to, obviously on other albums, but it stands out tr- tremendously. His falsetto voice using it on this record again. I, the false ending. I, I, I get bothered by false endings, but the ending with the acoustic guitars again because of the false ending. I really like, so yeah. I'm complaining about a song I really like, but I'm not <laughs> complaining that much. Okay, but it's, it's long, you know. You, you, made, long. you made some great points in there that I fully agree with. And the point about the whole idea of the the attitude toward love, the deep, deep feeling. Yeah. If you listen, first of all, I think it's got a really cool start. I love the vocal overdubs. You don't expect those jazzy piano chords to come in at the beginning. Yeah. Not at right. all. He goes through, I'd say, four distinctly different musical vibes within the first 90 seconds of this track. Yeah, well, this is definitely one of those where he took pieces. But no, this, I, is, I, this I did worked write, well because of that. Yeah, I did write maybe a little too long. Yeah, oh, come on, yeah. No, but I, I only feel like maybe a little too long. Why? Because it's an experimental piece. It could have been on McCartney, the first one, but not with as many clean backing vocals. He just didn't have the room. He didn't have the tracks to make it sound like this sounds now. Been on two. I love well, Linda's voice would have been on this if, yes. if Linda was alive. Yeah, I love love at about two thirty. It opens up. The track opens up at about two and a half minutes in. Yeah, I put it on when I was doing like other work, like you said, Mitch, and the atmospherics was really cool. Yes. And again, to your point, Robbie, like you're talking about love and emotions. There's no roadmap on this track. Yep. Nope. Which I greatly appreciate. If you use it as bad, and I was saying that before when, you know, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when you use it as background music, it works. If you focus on it really heavily, it works. If you hang in the middle, it's too long. 
Yes, yes, exactly. The middle, That's the middle's where you'd cut it out. But then, no, I mean it, the middle ground emotional. Oh, oh, like I'm talking you, about the middle of the song. If you don't, if you if you focus on it really heavily, you go, oh my god, this is so cool. If you listen to it as background music, it's great. If you just sort of are listening to it to kind of like, you know, you can get a little, you know, uh, there's a rhythmic flip at about five fifty or so, and again, what I do appreciate about this song is that. It would bother the crap out of people who only knew Paul McCartney for Wings' greatest hits. It would just bother <laughs> the bejesus out of them. Yes, and yeah. I'm convinced that after 7:15, he goes to his demo. Maybe he maybe did. He, I think don't... that's his. I think that's his demo. Well, it's it's and, uh, it's a strong song. It's a different song. Yeah. And you know the experimental McCartney thing is this song is is one of those experimental songs that sounds really good pop, you know, at, the, yeah. at many, many points of it, but not all of it, but many, many of it. Yeah. And, and the thing about this track I find interesting too, is there are a lot of Paul McCartney tricks in this song. There are a lot of little, like the tricks in the Paul McCartney arsenal. Well, he has a lot and, of them. That, yeah. So moving on, we go to the next track. Sliding. Boo. Did you just say Boo. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a fan of the song at all. <laughs> well, you know what? Ooh. It starts off sort of like Only Mama Knows. Bingo. Yeah, okay. My, one of my single favorite Paul McCartney tracks. Yeah, uh, me too. Um, he said that he likes to jam. And in Dusseldorf, this was uh, a jam he did with the band. And it's the only band song. Uh, he, his voice is very manipulated, obviously. Um, very deep, low in the mix, which is okay. Um, I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Actually, I thought this might have been the single uh, other than maybe what sees the day, which we'll get to. Um, but sliding, it's, it's a good rock track. It, it is. definitely is a rock track. Paul McCartney shows, you know, musically again, I know he's got the other guys on the, on the record. Um, but it's a, and, and on the demo, it actually is called the Dusseldorf jam. Right. So right. probably where he took it from, you know, but he said he finished it off and, they recorded this for Egypt Station, and I could easily see that. Uh, yes, I, I, see I agree. And, and you there. know, the thing about this song for me is this sounds like it was recorded to be played as the opening song or, or somewhere in the first 20 minutes of a McCartney live show. Like he knew he needed a live song, and he's right. done that before, you know, with, you know, like Venus and Mars and, uh, and uh, what is the speed of sound where he knew he needed to perform it live. And that has that feel. This song has a, a live feel and, and a feel. And, you know, you're right. The, the, the rest of the band is on it. So it's a little different. Um, his voice is a little different, but um, uh, it's not my favorite song. It's a nice rock track, but, eh, you know. Yeah, it's okay. In and out in three and a half minutes, which I love. Uh, again, yeah. this reminds me, like you guys are saying, it could have been on Egypt. I was saying it reminiscent of anything from new or a memory. Um. Memory. They already had only Mama knows on memory. Yeah, that's yeah, true. True, yeah. but I mean that's why I'm saying reminiscent. Yeah. Um, I I got to feel that there's Dave Grohl influence in this. It's very um, Nirvana-ish. Like ooh, like I didn't Paul, think of that. Yeah. That, you, you know what? Yeah, that's. You know what? It'd been nice to get uh, the Foo Fighters on this track. Yes. This is Paul. This is Paul hanging with Dave. You know. Well, it's like Paul Vanna. Paul Vanna. Yeah. Cut, cut me um, some slack. Yeah. yeah. Gr great vocal effect on it. Harmony. Uh, that breakout that hits again at, at about 2.15. A lot of these songs do have like breakouts where there's like yeah. a moment where everything goes full on, which I think is very, very, very cool. Um, 
again, it's back to the idea that, you know, it's, it's, I, I just think it's nice. There's no roadmaps here. I, again, and even this track, even though it's traditional in its structure from the way it starts to the way it, it, you know, blows into full song. It's like, he's not going in with a plan, which I really dig. So next track, number eight, kiss of Venus. Yeah. So many, so many people are saying this is their favorite and it's great. And I don't like it that much. Um, I, I, I wrote that it would have been great in his voice of 20 to 25 years ago when he could really do a, like a distractions where he could do a really good vocal. This would have been great. I think the music musically, again, it's really good. Um, the, the weathered voice doesn't do it for me on this one. It's too, not, not too weathered. It, it is what it is. Um, and I hate to keep harping on his voice and I'm not meaning to, cause we've called it weathered and we're being nice. So, you know, the, the falsetto on this one is a little too warbly for me. Um, I think he bared it too much. So, you know, it's okay. I like the harpsichord interlude. I think that's kind of cool on it. Uh, I love that it's an acoustic track, but I, I just, I, it's not my favorite. I, don't, I, I get why people might think it's great, but not for me. Well, this oh, is man. this is a song waiting for a George Martin arrangement, maybe. Oh yeah, in the old days. Uh, but yeah, I really, exactly. I, I really like Kiss of Venus. I like you know more false falsetto again. Um, I thought you know I thought I thought it worked very well. You know, uh, here's a here's another. You know, I don't know if it's a person, uh, uh, not a personal, thing, but inside joke thing. He talks about two passing planets, and I think of Venus and Mars. You know, there's a couple of things like that in this album. And we, also another... the, we also had the conjunction that he might have known was going to happen because they were talking. No, about you that. know what? He, he yeah. actually said he was reading a book um, and the kiss of Venus, meaning when Earth comes closest to Venus, they call that the kiss of Venus. Oh, that is. Oh, I didn't know that, that was. The yeah. So that's what it. that. And he said, well, that's a great idea for a song. That's but, right. From his own. Yeah. But okay. a lot of times he says that. And then, you, you know, you look at the guy and go. Oh, Paul, come on. Two of us is not about just you and Linda. Wait, you mean you know, Black not about a, an African-American woman of the liberation of them? Yeah, I don't know. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. And many years later, cool. revisionist history. Hello. Yeah, well, because well, it fits the tone. For, but for I, me, I had time. I, I'm sorry, Rob, were you were you done or? Yeah, sorry, I'm done. I, I, I like the song a lot. I think it, it works very well for this for this album, especially, you know, it, it, I think it fits in very well. I agree with Rob that his falsetto is his strength these days. It's not okay. the old Paul McCartney, but that's OK. Again, there are points that I'm not sure what the hell he's talking about, but I'm enjoying the fact that his obliquer lyrics are now, generally speaking, a lot more adult. Um, we're not just hearing like kind of dopey stuff. Um, I love the harmonium or the harpsichord solo in here. I think that's extremely cool. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, Mitch, you're talking about if he'd done this 25 years ago, but think about, and I know it's one of your favorite songs, I think from, from London town, there's that like, you know, by Don's first. No, no, no. Don't do that to me, Tony. No, but I'm just saying he's got that warbling voice in that as well. It's just that it's a younger voice. Yeah. But he's he's still doing that warbling thing with his voice, which he's done prior to this, you know. And again, yeah. and remember, I've been the biggest critic of his voice, especially live. You know, I'm but but where I'm going is I think didn't work for me. Using the voice to a little better effect on this record. Just a thought. But anyway, um, next we come to seize the day. 
I think this is the most Beatle-y track, if yep. we're allowed to still say that. Yeah. Yes. Um, musically, it, it's very Beatle-y. Yep. Um, it, this definitely could have been a new or an Egypt station leftover. His voice is pretty strong. That's why I'm thinking that uh, when he starts, because when you start off the song with your voice, like, you know, I don't care to be bad. Um, the, the lyrics, he tried to tie them together and I get what he did. You know, Yankee toes and Eskimos can turn to frozen ice. But then he sings when the cold days come and the old way of fade away. Same thing with the second dinosaurs and Santa Claus will stay indoors tonight when the cold days come. At least he put Santa Claus in there. So you think of winter with cold. I don't love these lyrics. Well, the dinosaurs died because the ice age. I know, you know, I guess. Um, but seize the day. He's he's not being preachy, but I think just like on um, when he did uh, do it now for Egypt Station. Um, I like Seize the Day. I think it's definitely the most Beatle track. Um, and, and it's it's one of my favorites on the album as well. I, well, this this is the song I was talking about that mentions the Eskimos. Yeah. And really, I, well, you know, sometimes you connect songs. Well, he might be connecting songs that way, purposely mentioning Eskimos. He could have put in something else or, you know, it, it's, it's very, you know, it's a very well-known lyric from Junior's Farm. To me, this is a song about positive thinking. Mm-hmm. I could see this as one of those songs where... Yeah. If you're looking for like good thoughts to wake up to every day, you, you put this song on while you're shaving. Well, um, we're in a pandemic. He's got it. You got it. Yeah. So it, I, I, I really enjoyed this. I, um, it's, it's just, it's very cool. I, I really enjoyed the song. And I like the idea of the song. Uh, you're right. Mention the dinosaurs and the, you know, that, that, that's just Paul McCartney. Uh, you know, you can think of that with, um, uh, however absurd. It's the same type of thing where, it's, oh, yeah. It has kind of random things, and then you say, however absurd. And I'm like, okay, well, that, that makes sense now. Yeah, but he tells so, you it's absurd, and this one he doesn't. <laughs> well, he tells you to seize the day instead of worrying about dinosaurs but he did and say, Santa Claus. He said he, he was thinking about the cold days, so he thought when the cold days come, we'll wish that we enjoyed it today. And I get that. It just yeah, doesn't – he could say that, but it doesn't relay as much in the lyrics here. That's all. I just I do well, like the good song. Point. I, I like the song a lot. I, I think it, it fits in with this album uh, tremendously. It, it's it's. I think it's um, positive, but it's you know, it's also there's a, an element of sadness there, and we'll wish that we had held on to the day. Right. Right. No, it's about you know, there's there's a sadness to it, but it's telling you to seize the day because we'll wish that we had, so we should. Damn it. Um. I really like that chorus. I really like that when the old days come. I really like that. And I really like the, you know, I blessed the day when you came into my life and I could finally roll back the blind. I mean, it's like, uh, I just think there are some, I wrote down, this is a really great Beatle-ish Paul McCartney track. And then I wrote, not sure about the Yankee Toes and Eskimos, but damn it, it still works. You know? Yeah. Um, Well, you can't really think too much. You know, sometimes we, that's what we do. We are thinking yeah. too much. Yeah, but, but, and you're right in tracks like this. But when, but it's funny because you, I've heard this song a bunch of times. I really like it. You just sort of reading it through like that, put it more into perspective. I went, and oh, that's yeah. what I mean. If you read, if you read the lyrics, you get what he's saying, but it doesn't, when you're just listening and you're not hearing it. Now that I read the lyrics a lot, and now when I play it, I'm thinking of the lyrics I just read. So it does make more sense. 
See what uh, but if you're just listening and you don't really know the lyrics, all you're focusing on is the Yankee toes and Eskimos and the dinosaurs and Santa Claus. You're not thinking of what's coming next that might tie it all together. Chorus the- is really strong. I mean, I really yeah. enjoy the song. Um, yeah, it's a nice yeah, song. Glad- I, I don't know if I would have put it at the track nine. I might have put it a little bit earlier, but. Um, and it's, it's funny, Mitch, you say what you said, because a lot of McCartney albums at times, when you read the lyrics, you then go, oh, come on. Really? Right. But this one actually no. helps the. Right. The album. Um, we get to deep down. It's all about sex. Don't tell me I'm okay. thinking sex. It's all about sex. Can really? I just before you can I just read my line? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I would. Paul, either get a snorkel or a condom and damn it, just do it. <laughs> like just, anyway, I don't think he's using a snorkel. Well, Whatever. maybe he does in bed. You never know. No, who knows? Um, <laughs> little, little we know, Paul in his age, 78 years has learned how to breathe through his ears. But anyway, I'm just uh, I'm, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing now Paul going, come on, Nancy. I got the flippers on. And the, <laughs> let's I get got my, flippers, got my snorkel on, honey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but, you know, this is it. I mean, come on. It's overtly about to go to get going to do it right. Going to take a bite. Going to let me know. We could part, throw a party every night. It's, <laughs> we know what it's about. Um, it's also, again, uh, I think six minutes a little too long. Yes, it is. Uh, it is. But this one, I don't mind too much. Uh, my daughter liked this one. My 17-year-old daughter really liked Uh-oh. this one. Not because it's about sex, but because he does, you know, especially at the end when he goes, get deep down, get deep down, get deep down. You know, he tries. That's kind of cool. The ascending or descending, whichever um, vo- vocal. That's cool. Um, again, just a little, I like the brass, even though it's synthesized brass, you know, it is. Yeah. Um, but it works. It, it is definitely experimental. This see this one, I think could have been on McCartney too easily. And it would yeah. have been right yeah, fit no, in the there because, because it does have the 80 synth brass. So it fits right in, in my that production. Right in my nose. This would have made a great McCartney two track. Oh, there you go. See, we are thinking alike. Yep. But, but this kidding. is also a song that, you know, it'd be nice if Wix was playing the horns on his keyboard. You know, that's well, a concert. Maybe, who knows? He could have well, done, I, 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 done that in his studio, but well, of course he did. Right. He did that. Right. But I'm just saying if it was, you know, yeah. thought to go out live, which, you know, we he might not go out live again. Who knows? Um, I anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. I agree with you, Mitch. It's too long. But at the same time, you know, would you rather have a, if it's about sex, would you rather have a longer song or a shorter song? You know, you know, so I mean, maybe well, that's having sex head. to the song. What? <laughs> I'm not having sex to the song. I didn't say you were. Then it could be the two-minute song. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> and it's we still already, a minute too long. We already did a show on that, so that was, a, you know, we, are we, <laughs> gonna, where, where, where are we going to have rebuttal from Nancy? <laughs> no, I don't Your think you're going to rebut that. <laughs> not Nancy, not Paul's Nancy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My Nancy be like, uh-huh. <laughs> now we welcome guest Nancy Chevelle. Tell us where the poll can actually get deep down. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm happy for the song. It's, um, it's, it's a good song. I like it a lot. All right. Um, I, it's, it's, this one sadly loses me. And this is the one on the record that I just go, uh, I may, I've tried a bunch of times. Um, this is not enough going on to justify the six minute song length. Um, this one, I think he just said, you know what? I'm, I'm going on with it. Whatever. Yeah. He, I mean, you know, I love that he starts messing with the instrumental sounds. I love the loose snare drum sound. Yeah. I love the loose snare. I love the loose hi hat. Um, but you know, like my wrote my notes. Do what right? Get deep down. 
okay, Paul. Then I said, so either get your snorkel or your condom and just do it. <laughs> um, I almost wanted vocal tricks on this. I almost wanted, I'm going to get it. Like, I almost wanted like weird. Right, you wanted to hear like, music. maybe you want to hear underwater sounds. Like, right. I wanted to hear you know, something. Down, like, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not trying no. to be funny. But I, I'm saying I, I wanted to get more. Could have been more clever. I wanted to get more McCartney too with this. Yeah, it could have been more clever. Well, this is a, this. this is a song that you could have done that with. You're right. Right. Uh, you know, some of the songs you couldn't do with well, this album, but this song, you're right, uh, Tony. This would have been a nice thing where to throw in a lot of the changes in you know how you record voices now. Yeah. You know, right. Absolutely. Look Six at the song you did with uh, Kanye right. and what they did to Kanye's voice. Yeah. You know. You know that. You know. Paul didn't do that on any of these songs or that type of vocal experimentation, but he didn't have to. You know, I, I can understand why he didn't, but he could have. This is the song to do it on. You're right. Now, I'm going to preface this moment by saying that we are not going to discuss the any of the bonus tracks. Well, we no, have one more song. That go. No, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm no, just, no, we're not. We're going to tell what we are, but we're not going to do the final it. song. So yeah. this is the final. This for us, this is the closing song on the album. Um, Winter Bird slash When Winter Comes. I love this song. This song is my ah, it's a perfect closer. Uh, now, people were very upset when they didn't know it was from 92 and they said, oh, my God, he sounds so great. Well, yeah, but, you know, this was done with George Martin. He does give George Martin credit on the album, uh, which is nice. Um, this, you know, he started with the little Winterbird thing, the exact same thing as the long tail, just to bring it all together, sort of like as a reprise thing. Yeah, it is good. And I, I have to tell you, uh, we play this one a lot here because, again, my daughter loves it. Uh, we ask Alexa to play it because it's a nice little like lullaby, uh, just a home cooked like heart of the country type thing. Um, you know, who cares? He's talking about the lambs and the chicken. It's it's so beautifully sung too. he he does crack in there and he can't even fix it in this voice now. Uh, maybe maybe he could have manipulated it, you know, from from uh, with um, some you know studio trick. But no, I didn't no. care that it cracks. Um, it's perfect length. The video also adds to this. Uh, he made a, a, a Jeff Dunbar made an animated video to this. It's beautiful. I love this track. I think it's a perfect, perfect album closer. And, you know, I, I, I'm not choosing to think of it like, you know, when you're dying, because that's I don't want to no. do that. It may but but some people have alluded to that. Well, the end of the end, it could be, you know, you well, know yeah, that another was, version well, of the end of the end. You know, it's a, this it's the end song of the album. You know, yeah, this this was this was done when he was doing Great Day and um, the vocal is great. I, I it's just a beautiful little song. Like I said, it reminds me of Heart of the Country and it's just a, a really good album closer. Well, I, I didn't want to like the song. I, I was like, you know, what's <laughs> what's the deal with the foxes and the chickens and the lambs? Oh, I love and it. And then then I saw the video and I just was so touched by the video and it's Paul and Linda and Heather and uh, I guess Mary, um, you know, cause there's Heather and Mary. There. Yeah. Right. And, mm. and the guy has a beard looking like Paul from 1970 and the woman looks just like Linda in many ways. And, and then I just liked what it was. It's, you know, it's, it's, okay. it's a touching song, you know, and I, and I let it go and I, I, I realized I really like it and it, it doesn't fit on the album. No, but it does as the last song. So yes, yep. that's why so, I said perfect closer. 
Yep, and I, and I, I don't want to know, since Paul put out uh, Flaming Pie back in May of 2020, the archive box, and he knew that he'd record this in 92, you know, when he did all those great day and stuff. I wonder when he knew that this was going to be on this album and not maybe put on as a I don't think, track. Rob, I don't think he did. I think he was making that short film, and I right. think he was saving it for that. And Okay, not- because... Because yeah. I thought about that, that this maybe should have been on the box set if it's yeah, in that yeah. period where Great Day comes from and, and a couple of the others. And I think he purposely held it off uh, for, for the film that Jeff Dunbar was doing. Right. Um, because it, it's too convenient that he, um, you know, he had it out ready for right, this right. album. So, but, you know, I will say, though, I think he put the long the Winterbird on there, not only to give it the reprise, but I think he knew it didn't fit on this album. So if you tie the little... 10, 15 seconds of Winterbird. Right. Uh, I think it then works. You know, I thought mm-hmm. it was very good. I thought it, I, like I said, it was, it's, it's a touching song. And, and we've seen that, you know, it reminds me of a little bit English tea. Yes. A song I didn't want to like either. Oh, I love oh, that. It's very twee. Uh, but you know what? I really like that song. And, and I, I, it's not a song I normally would like. And this is the same exact thing. Kind of like slightly cheesy, great arrangement. And I, I, like it and i'll i'll go with it instead of you know worrying that oh my god because you could go the other side but it's this is part of who paul is he's an acoustic guitar guy he's the farm guy let's fix the fence worry about the lambs it works for me and the chickens and the chickens and the chickens and the lambs don't forget the lambs i love the fact that uh it turns the album into something of a cycle as you said yeah and then it brings this in as the the wrap-up um it may be a comment on it, putting it in context as a closing of this album, maybe a little bit of a comment on the pandemic itself, you know, using winter as a, as a, uh, um, maybe a metaphor, a metaphor for the pandemic itself. I think it's more coincidence. You know, I think it is, but, but, but it's placement may not, but it works. And the fact that you where know, else yeah. could you place this on the album? Right. And, and, but, but, um, Sweet track. I, I, I wrote, I would have dug this being on any of about a half a dozen McCartney albums. Oh, yeah. But this seems to be the exactly right place for it. But could you yeah. picture this one oh. on McCartney one? Absolutely. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Oh, McCartney but I could have easily pictured it, but I easily could have pictured it on on Ram, uh, on Ram or on uh, what do you call it? London Town, you know, as as, you know, closer of Maybe. side one, you know, or something like that. No, that's a good point. It it, it fits in a lot of different places in Paul's career, uh, but it fits perfectly with this album. I mean, it's not, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just one of those songs, you know, a nice closer. That's all, you know, it it has a nice touch to it. It, And I, and I, I go with it. It's, it's it belongs on McCartney tweet. Yeah. (laughs) McCartney tweet. Um, I, I, uh, I'm, you know, gonna, we're going to get to the inevitable spot. Now we finished the last track. Well, let's and, just tell what the bonus are there. Oh, yeah. The Women and Wives Studio Outtake, Laboratory Lil Studio Outtake Acoustic, um, Kiss of Venus Phone Demo, and Slide and Dusseldorf Jam with the band. So that's what they are. Right. They, they're okay. I wouldn't say they're anything special. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we should know, say there's now a lyric video for Pretty for, Boys. There's uh, a lyric video for every track. Oh, there is? Okay. I didn't see yeah, the he, rest of them. You go to McCartney's Boys. YouTube uh, channel and subscribe. There's a, there's a video for pretty much I think every track now lyric video, which is unusual for him too. Yeah. So, but this feel uh, feel what is it? Find my way. 
Feel my find my way. Thank you. There's a video for that, and then uh, feel my way is deep down. And uh, when winter, the song we just talked about has a nice video too. So yeah, yeah, that's part of the way you do the the promotion too. The videos. Well, it's come to be that time again, uh, as we do review and analysis. uh, And you can't put us on. You always said you can't have analysis without anal 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 stuff from us. Um. So let's do let's go around and play Raider record for Paul McCartney three Paul McCartney opportunity knocks. No, for Paul McCartney three um, Mitch, pick a number. Whew. You know, I gave it three and a half out of four. As I listen to it, I'm going down a little bit. Um, I, I like it. I do. It's not like a bad album at all. Um, but I'm going to go. You know what? As I listen to it more, there's some things I love and some things I didn't love about it. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, you know what? I'm going to give it a, a, a very strong seven. Okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. Robert. Um, I start out as an eight, but I'm going to go more to an eight and a half. I thought I about it. Nine. Halves anymore. Oh, we don't no, do we that. We're doing halves. We well, do then, then I give it an 85 out of a hundred. How's that? I'll give it seven and three quarters. <laughs> no, no, seriously, we've always done halves. We've never done. I think we do. That we don't. I don't care. Then if not, if I give it an eight. I think it's a strong album. Um, you know, I'm glad he put it out. I'm glad he said, well, let me do something, which is, you know, typical Paul. He can't sit down and not do anything. He's a correct. So he's got what we say in Yiddish, Bilkus and Tukus, which means <laughs> ants in your pants. Well, that's that's you know what Ringo said. If if Paul wasn't saying let's go to the studio every all the time, we wouldn't have done all those albums. Exactly. So, uh, but I I I think it's a, I might give it a nine on a different day, but I'll go eight. What day would that be? Uh, you know, call me tomorrow. <laughs> I'll let you know. It's it's the pandemic. <laughs> it's Blur's Day. It's every day is Blur's Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, you know, I'm right with Rob. It's an eight or an eight and a half. Um, for me. Uh, if you'd ask both be wrong, you know, if, if you asked me when it came out, I would have been that it was the six and a half or a seven. And for whatever reason, it just keeps creeping into my transom. Um, and, and I'm, I'm enjoying the songs and, and I'm, you know, we've, we've obviously gotten a lot of things on our Facebook page and comments and stuff like that. And there's, a um, you know, people are commenting on how strong this record is and that there's, and you were even commenting about a reviewer who was saying it's some of his strongest this and strongest that. The funny part of it is there really are some very strong melodies, hooks, choruses, yep. you know, among a catalog that's, that's very, 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 very deep and very diverse. Um, and here he is. And, and again, like I said, not even touching on the he's 78. Here he is 50 plus years into the career and 50 years since having left the Beatles and having to do it on his own and still being able to create something interesting. So I just find that cool as heck. So I'm going to give it an eight to eight and a half in there. You know, if I could say eight and a quarter, but, you know, strong eight, very, very, very strong eight for me. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good record. It's a, it's a so, fun record. So cool. So, all right. Well, I know people were saying they can't wait for McCartney four in ten years. Oh, well, that's you know, <laughs> if you're going to do it based on that, then that becomes you know, you know, or you base it on the fact he does it alone. I didn't mind his voice on this record, so I can't. I I'm not either. complaining okay. about his voice on this one. I, uh, yeah, it's weathered, but he he worked around it very well, and I the falsetto 
on several songs worked fantastic. Right. So I wasn't bothered by his voice. I didn't. There was no point. I go, ooh, oh my god, no, yeah, no, yeah. don't do that, Paul. Don't do that note, Paul. And then he does it, and then he does it again. For me, the kiss of Venus. No, for me, the kiss of Venus was that point. But but he redeemed himself after, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah so All right, uh, well, I I think uh, we've sort of in depth covered McCartney three. Uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, um, visiting us and checking out the show. And uh, again, the show is Fab Four Free for All. And um, thank you, guys. I am going to thank my co-hosts, who thankfully are here with me every week, Mr. Mitch Axelrod. See you, folks. And Mr. Rob Leonard. Thank you for listening. See you next time. I've been your moderator, Tony Chiguardo, and we'll see you all next time. Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Chiguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All.